You're listening to a powerful message from the Overcomers Church World Outreach. We believe the word of God you receive today will bring restoration and transformation to your life. We invite you to worship with us. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website, www.overcomersgrace.org. God bless you as you listen to his word in Jesus' name. Father, our minds are made up today and forever we will never bow down our head to any gods. Our minds are made up today. We cannot bow the same knees with which we bow to you to sickness, to calamities, to shame, nor to any other gods. We will not bow these same knees to popularity, to status, to beauty, to positions, to acquaintances. No, 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 no. Our minds are made up to serve you all the days of our life because you are God from beginning to the end. The entrance of your word brings light, the Bible says, and it illuminates the soul. And so, therefore, oh God, as all other voices are silent, we want to hear you. Speak to us in the language that we can understand. I yield up myself. And I declare that I'm nothing without you. Let your word comfort. Let your word bring deliverance and restoration. Let it bring joy and peace to the people. In the name of God the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And let all the whole church shout a glorious Amen. And another Amen. And another wonderful Amen. And another powerful Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As you sit, join me. Take your Bible and open to Gospel according to Matthew chapter number 17. Gospel according to Matthew chapter number 17. We'll be reading from verse number 14 through to verse number 20. Matthew 17 and verse number 14. When they came to the crowd... A man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Verse 15. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. And verse 16. I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't or could not heal him. 17, we're reading to 20. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out. 20. And Jesus replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small 
as a mustard seed. You can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. The theme of our message today is faith that moves mountains. Faith that moves mountain. Jesus had just come down from the mountain of transfiguration with his disciples. We all know that story. There came a day that Jesus Christ picked some of his disciples, Peter, John, James, sons of Zebedee, and said, let us go. And he took them up to the mountain. And right there, the glory of the Lord was revealed. And Peter, out of excitement, said, Master, permit me, let us build three tabernacles here. One for you, one for Moses and Elijah. Where would they stay? They didn't think of themselves. And then they left the mountain and came to the valley where they met crowd. And right there in the midst of the crowd, the Bible said that a certain man came and brought his child who has seizure. Kim James says the child was a lunatic. And then he asked them to pray so that the demon will leave his child. And these disciples could not heal or deliver his child. The Bible says he now went straight to Jesus Christ with this child and said, Please, Master, have mercy on me. This, my child, suffers from seizure. Sometimes it throws him into the fire. Sometimes into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't do anything. And Jesus Christ now turned to his disciples and said, How long shall I put up with you? In other words, Jesus was trying to portray the lack of understanding of his disciples of his ministry. The lack of understanding of the authorities of the believer. The lack of understandings of the power in the world. He said, for how long will I put up up to you? And then after he had rebuked this demon out of the life of this boy, he now withdrew himself. And the disciples came to him privately. And they said, Master, why couldn't we heal this boy? Why couldn't we drive out the demon from this boy? And Jesus Christ turned out to them and said, Oh, you of what? Little faith. It is because your faith is little. Now, could Jesus have contradicted himself by telling them that it was because of their little faith? And on the other way around, he said, if only you can have faith as little as what? Mustard seed. He said, where we are standing in the valley, you can look up to this mountain before us and say, mountain, be thou moved out from here to another location and it will be moved out. Hallelujah. So he said, it is not about the size of the problem. It is not about the complexity of the problem. 
It is about your understanding of the way that God operates. It is a matter of understanding the principles of miracle. It is about understanding the will of God. He said, if you have this little faith, as small as a mortar seed, you can say to this mountain, be thou moved, and nothing shall stop it. Because everything that shall be spoken in faith will be possible. What is Jesus talking about? Nothing shall be impossible means that whatever we will ask the Father that is according to the will of God will be possible. There is nothing, there is absolutely nothing that you will ask the Father that is according to the will of God that will not be possible. An apostle James wrote and he said, we pray and we do not receive because we pray amiss. We do not pray according to the will of God. That is why we do not receive. We did not pray, we did not seek the will of God concerning what we are asking him to do for us. That is why we are not receiving. He said all things will be possible to any man whose faith is as little as a mustard seed. All you need is an understanding of the will of God for your life. When we pray for the things that we need for ourselves, we are praying out of the will of God. The beauty of life is when we live our lives according to the will of God. The beauty of life is when we live it to glorify the Father. The beauty of life is when we study the word of God to discover his will and purpose for our life before we go to him to kneel down in prayer to seek his face. If what you are asking for is the will of God, if that miracle you are hoping for is the will of God, your name is already on it. Remember when we were little? You know, Christmas clothes in those days are made one month or two months before Christmas. Especially for those of us whose parents were poor. So they plan ahead. But if your parents are rich, they wait till 23rd night and take you to the shopping mall and buy the best for you. But for those of us whose parents were poor, they plan ahead. Hallelujah. Two months and three months to the time, to Christmas. And when these clothes are made, they are wrapped. And names are written on them. My name will be written on my dossier. This is yours. Clement, this is yours. Chica, your name. Johnson, your name on it. But you are not permitted to open that parcel until Christmas Eve. But you rejoice. You get excited. Why? Because you know that even though you have not opened the parcel, 
you know what is in the parcel. You know it is your Christmas clothes. And so you get excited two, three months before Christmas because you're expecting it. That is what the Bible is trying to tell us in Hebrew 11 and verse number 1. He said, now faith is confidence in what we hope for. It is an assurance about what we do not see. You do not see the parcel, the content of the parcel. But you are so assured that your Christmas cloth is inside of it. It is a confidence that come Christmas Eve, that which is mine will surely come to me. I will open the parcel. It will come to me. So I am rejoicing not because I don't know if they will come. I am rejoicing because I know they are already there. But it's just that the appointed time for it to be revealed has not yet come. So it is something, it's a confidence that what I am hoping for must surely come to pass. Why? I have it. Sometimes we even go to where those gifts are wrapped. We look at it, turn it up and down, keep it and walk away. We are so confident it will come to pass. That is faith. So if what you are asking God to do for you is in accordance with the will of God, your name is on it. Your name is scripted on it. All you need to do is get excited. Keep praising him. Waiting for the appointed time. Because God's timing is not our timing. The Bible says that a thousand years is like but one day before God. And one day like a thousand years. And Jesus said to his disciples that a certain man who owns a vineyard went out early in the morning to gather laborers. He gathered them by 6 a.m. And he told them, you work till 5 p.m. And what I'm going to pay you is 1,000. Using that as an example. By 12 midday, he went out again and gathered another group of people. And said, come and walk in my vineyard. You will walk from 12 midday to 5. I will still pay you same 1,000. And those whose salary, who started walking by 6 a.m. and will receive 1,000, began to murmur. How come we started by 6 a.m. and closed by 5 and you are paying us 1,000 and you engage another group of people by 12 and paying the same 1,000? Does that make sense to you? It's not about when you started. It's about the grace of God. It's about the faith that you release. At the appointed time, God will make all things perfect. And by and by, when we shall gather at his presence, all those questions, why they were delayed, why we received the same thing with other people, even though we started walking early, he will reveal them to us. And we say, wow, God, is this why you made it to come this way? Praise the Lord. Without faith in God, David will not have dared to confront the giant. The giant. It was faith in God that gave David the audacity 
the confidence, the boldness to dare to confront a giant who has been fighting battles all his life. If it were not faith, there was nothing else that could have emboldened David, a small boy, to dare to confront a giant. First Samuel chapter number 17. Let us look at uh, verse 33. First Samuel 17 from verse 33. We read to 39. Oh, the screen is off. Okay, first Samuel. Get back. Saul replied, You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. 34. Let's go through to 39. Okay. Having challenges there? No, verse 34. We're reading from 33 to 39. Verse 34, please. 34. But David said to Saul, your servant, <laughs> oh my God, the power of testimony. No wonder he said, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the, by the word of their word, testimonies. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock. 35. I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by his head, struck it, and killed Look. Those who are against your life are better or better withdraw when you have taken from them what belongs to you that they are holding back. But if after you have gotten out from them what belongs to you that they are holding and they still want to come back to you, that is what is called suicidal mission. He said, when the bears and lion came and took away the sheep from the pen, I go after them. By faith, I take back what belongs to me. But when the lion and the bear now decides to come to attack me, that is when I tell them that power pass what? Power. He said, I will grab them by their hair. I will strangle them. And then I will kill them. Verse 36. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. What gave this small boy the audacity? What? Can you imagine like Grant sees his son? Who is the, where, where is Barista Iber, the big Iber? I think he's bigger than John. 
Imagine this young boy coming to Barista Ibe. Come, don't look at me like that. I will slap you. Don't just look at me like that. I will, I will slap you and in fact, you won't know where you are again. What will happen? Barista Ibe will just laugh. Be, look at him and be laughing. So, what gave David that audacity and confidence, if not faith in God? Because you can believe in God and not believe God. It is possible. You believe God exists. You believe he made the heavens and the earth. You believe he's a God of miracles. He has done miracles for people. But you don't believe that he can respond to your need. So you can believe in God, but not believe God. Verse 37. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lions and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. That is faith talking. Faith that can move mountains. Speaks boldly. Confronts giants boldly. Confronts devil boldly. Confronts circumstances boldly. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Verse 38. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. 39. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I can't go in this, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. King James says he has not proved them. Has not proved them. I have not proved the arm of flesh. I have not proved the most trusted friend. I have not proved my father, my mother. I have not proved my wealth. Because when sickness comes, it can take away everything you have. I have not proved my beauty. Handsome man, I have not proved it. See, I cannot walk in this. Beside my faith in God, there is nothing else I need to confront this giant. Most of the time we kill ourselves. We'll see people how well they are dressed, especially women do this a lot. They're dressed well, and you are killing yourself. They have lace. You're killing yourself because you are just putting on a car. They've all bought cars, and you are killing yourself. David said, I have no confidence in all these things. My confidence are, in not, are not in all days. My faith are not in all days. Let them come with their millions and thousands. It does not move me. Because these things, as far as I am concerned, have not been proved. The only thing that has been proved is faith in God. He said, once I was young, but now I am old. I have never seen anyone disappointed by God. 
said, I can't walk with this. I cannot confront the giant with all these things. I cannot confront my enemies with jealousy. I cannot confront this giant before me with backbiting and gossiping and ill living. I can't confront them. Evil thoughts, evil imaginations, I cannot confront them with all this. Verse 42 to 46. The same first Samuel 17, 42. He looked David over. Talking about the giant now, Goliath. He looked David over and saw that he was little. Oh my goodness. You know, those who want to swallow you will come and look at your size. They don't know that Nathan I follow God, no need mafia. It is not about you. It is not about your status. It is about who is standing behind you. He looked over him and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. 43. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And my Bible says in Proverbs, like a darting sparrow is an undeserved curse. A curse you do not deserve. It does not matter the altar they go to haul it out against you will not stand against you. It cannot. Because you don't deserve it. Come here, he said to him, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Oh my God, 45. David said to the Philistine, you come. Goliath, I like that confidence. Sickness, poverty, business failure, Delayed marriage, delayed childbirth. Oh, he said, You come against me with the acts of nature. That'd be a mistake you made. Acts of nature. The man said, I come against you with the acts of nature, against spears, sword, and javelin. David said, well, hear this. By my faith in this God who has always delivered me, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel. Who you do what? Who you defy. Is it the will of God? Yes. David was not fighting a cause for himself. David was not fighting to glorify himself. David was not fighting for him to be seen. David was not fighting to be recognized. Because even his brothers, when they saw him in the battlefield, said, what is it with you? Have you come here to show up? And David turned around and said to them, why are you like this? Are you not seeing what I am saying? You know, they may not see, and that is why they will never understand. 
They won't understand. You have come to show up. He said, no. What I am saying is a man who is defiling the name of the God of Israel. That's what I'm saying. Say, this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. And I'll strike you down. And cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is what? Help me. <laughs> when the choir sings us a song, God do one for me. God do one for me, God do one for me now. Let everybody know, say you be God. God do one for me, God. Oh yes, do one for me, God. Do one for me, oh. You know the mistake that the enemy made when he came to tempt Jesus was trying to tell Jesus, if you are the son of God, Jesus had no business trying to prove to anybody that he was the son of God. He is the son of God. Because by revelation, the spirit descended upon him and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am what? Well placed. So the devil forgot all these things. And so he did not get Jesus because Jesus knew who he is. David said the reason why God is going to do this, see, is not because he's trying to prove to anybody who he is, but he wants the nations and the Israel, these ones who are hiding to know that there is a God who lives in the heavens. Sometimes the miracle you are praying for will come to you not because of you. Not even because you deserve them. But God wants to show somebody that there is God in heaven who answers prayer. Because when you fail to tell your testimony, people will tell this testimony. Because when you look around you, as you are walking, it's been 20 years without child, without pregnancy. And after 20 years, the stomach is out. And when you are walking, you don't know it. People are pointing they are lifting up their hands. Thanks be to this God. 20 years, there was no child. We've never seen this tummy coming out. But now, the tummy is coming out. Praise be to the God Almighty. That is what people will do at the day of your testimony. Said, I am going to scatter your flesh and feed them. Feed the best of the end, animals of the field with them. Because I am confident I have this faith in God. This is the kind of faith that moves mountain. God can do here again. 
And again and again, he's the same God today. As he's always as yesterday, yesterday and, and today, today and forever the same. Yes, Zerubbabel. That cannot be leveled. He said when faith is put at work, mountains are leveled to fill the valley. And valleys are made plain for you to walk upon. Faith can move mountains. For with God, all things are what? Possible. He can do it for you if you did it for David. He who helped him has not died. He has not embarked on any journey of no return. He who rescued David is still alive and awake. His energy and strength have not diminished. He who comforted David with miracles is still in the business of doing miracle. And the miracle will locate you now. The miracle will locate you. The miracle will locate you. The miracle will locate you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We may face situations beyond our reserves. Possible. Situations beyond our reserves. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to say anymore. We don't know where it's coming. We can't explain it. But it can never, never be beyond God's resources. God has everything you need. The mountains cannot stop him. The valleys cannot stop him. There is no mountain that you cannot climb. There is no mountain that you can't climb. When I say we, 
I mean Jesus and I. There is no mountain that we can climb. There is no mountain that we can climb. it now. There is no mountain that we can climb. When I say we, I mean Jesus and I. There is no mountain that we can climb. There is no mountain that we can't. Oh, one more time. There is no mountain, mountain that we can't climb. When I say we, I mean Jesus and there is no mountain that we can climb. There is no mountain that we can There is no mountain that we cannot climb because my God, your God, specializes in things that are impossible. But it's where there is no mountain we cannot climb with him. He is the impossibility specialist. He is an awesome God. What he cannot give does not exist and is not important. He's got it all. He's got the whole world. He's got the whole He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Now, here this faith is the door between your peril and the power of God. Faith is the door that's between your peril, what you pass through, what you are going through, and the power of God. One day I was in my window in the village. The window is tinted. And this bird came. Didn't even notice I was seeing it. You know, fighting with itself. The power of God will be on the other side of the glass. You are on this side of the glass. You can see the power of God. But when there is no faith, the glass will limit you from receiving the miracle, even though you see it. But when there is faith, faith becomes something that will unlock that door and give you access to the power of the Almighty. You will not just see it, nor hear about it, but you will possess it. You will enter. Let your faith go and let the mountain be moved. Because we serve a God of the mountain. He is the God of the mountain and God of the valley. God of the mountain is the God in the valley. When things go, 
you know that he makes them right. For the God of the mountain is the God of the God of the day is the God in the Matthew chapter 15 and verse 21 to 28. Matthew 15, 21 to 28. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. That woman had not right, no right to use that word, son of David. As a Canaanite, as a Gentile. My daughter is demon possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was not sent only to the lost sheep of uh, Israel. 25. The woman came and knelt before him, Lord, help me, she said. And verse 26, he replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. 27. Yes, it is the Lord. Oh, faith that moves mountain. This is faith that moves mountain. Yes, it is Lord, she said. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Verse 28. Verse 28. Next verse. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have what? Great faith. This is the faith that can move mountains. Your mountain might be sickness. Your mountain may be loss of job. Your mountain may be a collapsed business. Your mountain may be a crack on the wall of your relationship. Your mountain will be that child that has decided to go astray. Mountains differ and they come in different shapes and sizes. My mountain may not be your mountain. But he said to this woman, whose mountain was the sick daughter. Go back to 28. Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is what? Granted. And her daughter was healed at that what? Moment. A Gentile. She was not qualified. When she came and said, Son of David, Jesus knew that this one is not authorized to use that key to open the door to miracle. Because she was a Gentile. And he made it clear to her. Say, it is not fit and proper to take the food that belongs to children and give to the dogs. Because in those days, the Jews believed that the Gentiles are dogs. They refer to them as dogs. But God honors persistent faith. He said, Lord, yes, I know who I am. I know I am not worthy. But at least, at least, 
the dogs eat from the crumbs that fall from the children's table. And Jesus turned around and said, this is great faith. This faith can move mountains. And right there, the mountain before her, which was her sick child, was removed. Because Jesus Christ rebuked, spoke a word. In accordance with her faith. And the child was made whole. So God respects and responds to a persistent faith. She first and foremost admitted that she was unworthy to receive. So many times we come to God, the way we pray is as if we and God are equal. Yesterday, the choir were praying here and I was there watching. And when they were done, I came to them and I said, look, if I am the one you are praying to, I will not answer you. It was casual. There was no commitment. There was no passion. Somebody will walk around, walk around, walk around, go do his own or her own thing and come back. Oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. There's no faith in it. Say, woman, your faith is the kind that moves mountain. And the mountain before you shall be removed. And he spoke a word. And the daughter was made whole. Faith that will move mountain seeks first the kingdom of God. If your faith must move mountain, then it must first seek the kingdom of God. First Kings chapter 17 we're reading verse 8 to 15. Quickly. 1 Kings 17, 8 to 15. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Talking about Elijah now. Verse 9. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. Remember, it is still in the same city of Sidon that the Canaanite woman came begging Jesus to heal her daughter. In the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Verse 10. Quickly. So he went to Zarephath when he came to the town gate. A widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? Verse 10. Verse 10. So he went to so he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town, okay, get. Okay, let's move behind. Verse 11, I'm sorry. As she was going to get it, he called and he called. And bring me, please, a piece of bread. And verse 12. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat and do what? Look, it is not wrong if you don't have faith, if you think like this when you are faced with problems. But if it's wrong, if you continue thinking that way when the word of God has been spoken to you, and when you have opened the Bible and have read the power of God, read about the power of God and have released your faith and you are still thinking in that way, that is when it is wrong. So at first, there was no faith that could move mountain here. We are only expecting to eat and then we do what? Die. And verse 13, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. No problem. 
If you want to die, die. As for me, my mind is made up. I'm never going to die without fulfilling my visions and purpose. Go and do as you have said, but first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. Faith that we move mountain will seek first the kingdom of God. Elijah said to her, go and make for me first and thereafter make for yourself and your son and if you so wish to die, you can go ahead and die. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Let me even give you a background information of this story. Ahab was a wicked king and the man of God by name Elijah went to him and said, look, according to my world. That is why it is not good to lie with the name of God. You don't have to say the Spirit of God told me or God told me. You can also say, I say, I declare, so that you don't lie with the Holy Spirit and with the name of God. He said to him, by my word, there will not be rain in this town for three whole years. And there was no rain. There was no rain. Who were suffering. But he said to her, For this is what the Lord God says of Israel. The God of Israel is saying, The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends the rain on the land. And verse number 15. She went away and did as Elijah had done what told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her whole what? Family. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, Jesus says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing will be added unto you. Go and make a small cake for me first, before you go to make for yourself and for your children. And guess what? This woman believed the word of the prophet when he said that look, thus says the Lord there shall be a performance and the woman did not doubt she believed, if she did not believe she wouldn't have taken what the, or the only thing she had to give first to the man of God that was risky so when God said give me something you look at your pocket Say, if I give God this, what will happen to my business? If I give God this, what will remain of my salary? If I give God this, what will remain? How do I pay fees? How do I, do, how do I, how, 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 and how, and how? When I was preparing for my wedding, I prepared and prepared and prepared and prepared. The gospel was going on. I was sowing into the gospel. By the time I finished my wedding then, I was owing a debt of 5,000 naira. I was owing. Not because I wanted. Not because I was not prepared. Not because I did not plan well. But because there were needs in the house of God that I needed to sow into. So part of the money. By the end of my wedding, I was owing. But here I am. 
I never know he will honor me this way. I never know he will honor me this way. I never know he will honor me this way. What does he has honor me this way? I say thank you, Jesus. At the appointed time, he will honor you. She was a gentle woman, mind you. Jesus Christ spoke of her. In Luke chapter number 4. Let's look at verse 25. In Luke chapter 4 and look at 25, Jesus spoke about this woman. See, I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's what? Time. When the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. And verse 26. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. The people who fall victim of accident are the drivers who feel they are perfect. They know it. They can take risk. They are usually the drivers who have accident. The ones who say to themselves, I am still learning, will be careful. Avoiding portals. Careful and careful. Jesus said, we are there no other widows from the descendants of the Jewish nations at the time of Elijah. But there was a woman whose faith could move mountains. She saw her unworthiness to receive, to be used. I'm sure she would have been shocked that a man of God, a prophet, was coming to her to ask for bread. So she was shocked. Jesus said, that then, who told you that that miracle is meant for the pastor? Who told you that that miracle is meant for that sister who prays a lot? Who told you the miracle is only for that man who prays a lot? I'm sure if, if, uh, if brother Joseph picks up microphone and prays here, you would think all the miracles belongs to him. Here was a woman from the city of Sidon, a Gentile woman who was not worthy, a mere dog. God left all other widows and located her. And by her faith, the mountain of lack was subdued. By her faith, the mountain of scarcity was subdued. By her faith, the death she was hoping to come upon her disappeared. Because this God answers prayer when he sees faith. She believed faith that will move mountains must also be desperate and willing to make sacrifice. If you are not willing to make sacrifice, if you are not willing to be desperate, then you have not come to the point where your faith will move mountains. In Esther chapter number 4, we saw a beautiful story there. The whole Jewish nation were to be annihilated. And Mordecai called the attention of the queen, Esther, to it. And said, behold, look at what was going on. We must have to do something first. Queen Esther said, go and fast, that is faith, and pray 
I also and my maidens will fast. We are going to break protocol because fasting was not permitted in the palace. We are going to break protocols. We are going to fast in the palace. We are going to pray. Why you also are praying? Because it is unlawful for the queen to appear before the king without invitation. But at this point in time, my mind is made up. My faith is released. As you are praying and I am praying, at the end of this fasting, I'm praying, I am going to go to the king. If I die, I... Persistent faith. Willing to make sacrifice. Does not come to church only when it is convenient. Does not only serve when he or she is recognized. Does not sing to be applauded. Does not serve as an usher to win a trophy. Does not preach for people to clap for him and clap for her. No, that is not the kind of faith that moves mountain. It's not. The faith that moves mountain makes sacrifice. You are seen and you are not seen, yet you are walking. Some people were here yesterday to clean this whole place. Nobody was seeing them. When I came here, I only saw mob and buckets. I did not see those who came to clean it. Faith that moves mountain. You serve that the kingdom of God may expand and be established forever. That the people may rejoice and be happy. You serve. You make sacrifices. That is faith that can move mountains. You have an interesting party to attend, but because you must be in church to worship God, you left that party. But today, most of us deny God's his worship and praise because of one party or the other. Organizing parties, I will deny God that. Date of your church dedication, you are supposed to be in church on time, makeup, tying up gele, dressing, good suit, and combing hair will make you to come to church late. God is watching. Such faith does not move mountains. Faith that moves mountains is faith that makes sacrifice. It is time for the choir to gather. They are there on time. The ushers will pray 30 minutes before the service begins. They are there on time. Service begins by 8 o'clock. They are there on time. Midweek services, they are there on time. Laziness does not stop them. How they feel in their body does not stop them. Sometimes you say, hey, my child has a zozo. Has zozo the child to the church that way. And the child will receive healing in the church. That is the way it works. That is the faith that moves mountain. That is the faith that moves mountain. Must be desperate. Must be willing to make sacrifice. Lord, I worship you, not your blessings, nor your power, your glory, nor your grace, but you, 
Lord, I want you. And all else is nothing till I am found in your embrace. Shall we turn on our feet and give him praise? Lord, I worship you. Not your blessings, nor your power, your glory, nor your grace, but you. Lord, I want you, and all else is nothing till I am That is the kind of faith that moves the mountain. God, I am not serving you because of your blessings. I am not serving you because of the manifestation of your power in my life. Not because of your grace. Not because of what you are doing in my life. I am just serving you because of you. And Job says in Job 13 verse number 15, Though he slays me, yet... I will serve him. Though I pray and he does not answer, yet will I serve him. Though the sickness refuses to go, I will not stop to serve him. And Apostle Paul said, three times I prayed to the Lord God because there was this affliction torn upon my flesh. Three times I have prayed. Say, Lord, remove it away from me. And he said, I'm not taking it away, but my grace is sufficient unto you. God of the mountain is the God in the ocean. When things go wrong, you know that He makes them right. Cause the God of the good time is the God in the bad God of the that he allowed the head of John the Baptist to be cut off and put upon a tree does not mean that he is no more God. That he allowed Elisha to begin to run from a male ordinary woman, Jezebel, does not mean he is no more God. But he allowed them to take up his only begotten son, nailed him upon the cross, make mockery of him. Does not mean he is no more God. He is God from beginning and to the end. He does not change and have never changed. He will not see you and change. Let your faith in him loose. Give him what he deserves and asks of you. Give him what he deserves and asks of you. Give him that talent you have. Give him that gift in your life. Give him that wealth. Give him that car. Give him that money. Give him that time he's asking from you. Only by this will heaven be provoked. Bigger than all my problems. He's bigger than everything. God is bigger than every mountain. I can't, I can't.
my call is bigger than all my food. Oh yeah, it's bigger than everything. God is bigger than every mountain. I cannot, cannot see. We pray you have been blessed by the word of God you received today. For prayers or counseling, our doors are always open. We invite you to worship with us at the Overcomers Church World Outreach. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website, www.overcomersgrace.org. We look forward to seeing you at our next service. God bless you in Jesus' name.